Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K... Protesters all over the world, including outside Kingston City Hall, joined together to form a human chain in support of the people of Iran. I went down and spoke with two of the protesters, as well as our Member of Parliament, Mark Gerritsen. My coverage of the human chain, coming up. But first, have you ever wondered why it can take several months for a major film to be shown at an independent movie theater like The Screening Room? Well, I spoke with the owner and operator of The Screening Room, Randy Hewitt, to talk about how the process works in acquiring films. We're an independent movie theater, so that means that we get to play what we want. We're never being compelled to play a film, which is great. So we always have our eye out, eye out on movies that are coming down the pipeline, you know, new films that we think would be a good fit for our theater. And that means that there's a lot of foreign and Indian art house and cult films that we play where it's it's a given that we will be the only movie theater in the region that will play them. That's a little bit, that's sort of a specialty or passion of ours. And, you know, when we want to play them, we request them and the film bucker is like, great, we want this movie to play at your theater in the Kingston area. Now with some of uh, the higher profile films that we want to play, um, where there is you know, a fair bit of box office potential for them, uh, we'll request that from the, one of those films from the distributors and distributors will be like, eh, it, the Cineplex wants to play it or the Cineplex and the Landmark, we, we want it to play there. So you'll have to wait your turn in line. They're gonna play it first. And whenever they're done showing it, which might be after two weeks or four weeks or 10 weeks, <laughs> then once they say they're done with it, then we will let you play the film. So yeah, it could mean that, you know, just take a film like A Star is Born from a few years ago. I believe we had to wait eight weeks before we could play it downtown. Or the recent horror film, Nope, which you think, you know, for the only movie theater in downtown Kingston that's located right by university campus, and it's this very smart horror film, you would think that you know, any distributor would want that film to play in the downtown area when it, it's first getting this wide theatrical release. But no, it's, as long as it's playing at one of the multiplexes, we're not allowed to play a film at the same time. We have to wait. So that's basically like a hard and fast rule. Like if it's being played at one of the, uh, the bigger chain theaters, the screening room would not be allowed to. So then you're, you're waiting, but sometimes that wait can be several months. It can be. Now, so take a film like Top Gun. Now, Top Gun is not really in our wheelhouse. It would have been nice to have played Top Gun during the summer. I think people would have come to see it at our theater, but it's not one where we're dependent on it. But for other movie theaters, like big single screen theaters in you know, neighborhoods in Toronto and Vancouver, it would make a lot of sense for them to play Top Gun and take the Rio in Vancouver. They're still waiting to play it. And it's been over, I think, 25 weeks <laughs> since the film came out movie theaters. And, um, you know, they still can't play it. So, yes, yeah, so at the screening room, we'll request to play a film. So take the film, Nope, which came out this summer. And um, we'll request you know, we will request it and the distributors, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, we want it to, it's going to play at the multiplexes. So 
you know, you're, you'll be playing at second run, what's called, you know, second run after it's had its first run at the multiplex. How do you feel that this presents challenges? I, I mean, you know, I, to an independent movie theater, is, is there a sense of, you know, people, is there a fear that people might not, um, might, might, might stick to going to the, 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 the bigger theaters just, just to see these movies when they're new? Is, is that sort of a, a challenge? Yeah. So I, I guess, yeah, when a movie is new and it has all this buzz and interest and, and most movies, you know, they'll collect, they'll sell the most tickets in the first few weeks of their release. You know, people want to see what's new and exciting. They don't want the film to be spoiled for them online, want to catch it early on. So if a film is playing at multiplex, the multiplex will be able to collect ticket sales from all the people who are keen to see that film. Um, so yeah, so we lose out if we have to wait several weeks, you know, three, four, five, eight weeks to play a movie. So we're definitely losing out. Um, although of course there are a number of people who are just, you know, real screening room regulars. They support our theater. They're willing to wait to see a movie at the screening room or, you know, they really just have a, you know, they don't want to drive out to the multiplex or take the bus or a cab, you know, really for them, they're either going to see a movie at the screening room or they're not going to see it at all. Um, so yeah, we have our own, yeah, we have our own distinct audience. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there are that, that, but anyways, that is all to say that sometimes if we are waiting a long time with the film, once we play it, we still do quite well with it. We can still, you know, sell a lot of tickets and make a lot of moviegoers happy, but it's not as many as if we could sell the movie while it was, you know, fresh, you know, fresher in the, you know, public's imagination. And in a similar uh, way, I mean, independent movie theaters, um, for example, I, I moved to Kingston from Hamilton and back in Hamilton, we actually had two uh, theaters of that nature actually come back. So it, it would, again, just get your perspective on this. Is there still that, that craving, that appetite for uh, a, an experience like the screening room? I think so. I think so. So I can say before the pandemic hit, our like the attendance we would see would was rising year over year. You know, 2019 was our, our best year yet. And I think once once we kind of win somebody over to the movie going experience and they buy one of our annual membership cards, which helps them save over three dollars on every ticket, then a lot of people they turn into regular moviegoers and they'll, you know come see a movie, they'll have a great time, they'll see a trailer for something that's coming down the pipeline, and then we'll see them again at the theater in a few weeks or a month or two later. So I think over the years we've really built up a, a lot of people who are regular or semi-regular customers. Um, and obviously the pandemic was uh, not good, <laughs> like not good for business, but things really are reco recovering as of this like late summer, fall, particularly with the winter movie season, we're going to be playing a lot of the films that will go on to become, you know, best films of the year, Oscar contenders. Um, yeah, people, a lot of people are eager to, you know, get in the house and, and you know, get off the, you know, their couches and maybe stop looking at their computer screens or TV screens. I think for a lot of people coming to the movie theater is it's, uh, refreshing. <laughs> and, and, what everyone's gone through over the past few years. And what is it about this uh, about the screening room? Do you feel that 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 creates that sense of, of enthusiasm and loyalty that we've kind of been touching on here? 
Yeah, well, I, I think we have a really impressive program um, selection of films. So we have three screens and we normally play two, th three time slots a day, but often in any given week, we'll have maybe nine, 10, 11 different movies to choose from, ranging from, you know, more mainstream second run films to, you know, independent films that you otherwise don't play anywhere in the area. We play a lot of cult classic films. We just play such a neat mix of films and it's a somewhat, you know, it's a curated mix, right? Like we, we want to play films that are good and we make a point of playing films that our moviegoers want to see. So um, yeah, I think our, uh, what we play, it's a really strong program. A lot of people say, oh, you're the theater that plays the good movies. Plus we, you know, our, our, the popcorn's really delicious and it costs less than at the multiplex. You know, you can get a hot cup cup of tea served in a real, you know, China mug. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that you know, kind of set us apart. I mean, even when people step foot into the lobby, it's, you know, very kind of unique atmosphere. We have pieces of art that, that have been created by like local artisans and makers in Kingston. So yeah, it's just a very different experience. Great, and and as you mentioned, you you are seeing uh, things recovering uh, since since the pandemic and all of that as well. Yes, yeah, things are recovering. I am cautiously optimistic about the future. Um, our older audience, understandably, has been more hesitant to return. I think a lot of people have. Um, you know, obviously concerns and like health and safety concerns in terms of, you know, COVID and um, a lot of people, I think they fell out of the habit and have not gotten back into the movie going habit. But we've seen, a, yeah, with younger moviegoers, we've seen like a very strong, you know, return. And uh, yeah, it feels like the average age of our customers now is like dropped by like 20 years compared, you know, dropped 20 years in age since uh, before the pandemic. Yeah. That's really awesome. How long has the screening room been in operation? Um, we've been, the theater was first built in around 1997, 1998. And I, I took ownership uh, 11 years ago in 2011. Great. Awesome. Well, Wendy, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate uh, having this discussion today. Thank you very much. Great. You're welcome. Good talking to you. Well, certainly learned a lot from speaking with owner-operator of the screening room here in Kingston, Wendy Hewitt. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast, I'm Kareem Mosna. This is Kareem Mosna reporting for the Local Journalism Initiative. On Saturday afternoon, protesters gathered outside Kingston City Hall to form a human chain in support of the people of Iran. I spoke with one of the protesters who asked to be identified as JF. What does this human chain that's forming in front of us, what does this symbolize? Well, um, I believe this symbolizes the unity of people of Iran. Uh, they, all, they are all fighting for human rights and um, um, they are trying to show uh, the world and specifically here to Canadians and people of Kingston that um, this is... This is only and only to um, to fight against uh, any sort of violence, and everyone, um, everywhere in the world, has the uh, has the right to have a good life, no matter what um, what gender 
uh, they are no matter what ethnic they are from, uh, regardless of their religious or any other uh, possible um, differences. I mean, this was all sparked uh, by the death of 22-year-old Masha Amini uh, by Iran's uh, morality police. And, of course, this, this has led to protests all over the world, uh, the human chain going on in various places. Uh, what ultimately would you like to see come from this today? Sure. Um, just one, one quote here I'd like to mention. Um, Masa Gina Amini, um, she was a Kurdish-Iranian woman. So um, it's very important to always say Gina her Kurdish name beside the the other name, Masa, which is the formal name, because so many ethnics in Iran, including Kurds, Turks, and some other ethnicities, um, do not have the right to use their own language um, to, you, to, to name their children, and it may cause some problem. There are some people who have names um, as um, like Kurdish or Turkish names, but so many times um, they are suppressed only and only because of their um, uh, different name, of uh, which is not uh, the majority of uh, Iran. So please always mention that when you... Uh, I ask this from you and any other journalist to always mention Gina Masa Amini. I, I will certainly do that. Thank you. And, you know, I mean, it just speaks to um, just the stripping away of these rights, uh, you know, the rights... Uh, to show one's hair, the right to, uh, as you mentioned, even for a name. Um, And even as I was speaking with in an earlier interview, um, you know, censorship of media so that this information doesn't get to the public in Iran. um, is is, So do you feel like really this is is a movement that's really building? Uh, Yes. Actually, it's not anymore a movement. It's a revolution. It's already a revolution for... For at least few weeks now, um, people are fighting for their, like, with their lives, really, right now, and just for very um, peaceful protests, um, they get shot by by real gunshots to death. And uh, I don't call this just a movement; it's just it's a real revolution that people of Iran are trying to say we don't want this regime. They have to be gone. They they. Uh, there is no place for any improvement or any evolution. There should be a revolution. And these um, people um, are not representing um, our beautiful country. And, um, and with that, rays of, like, people from, um, again, again, people with different ethnicities um, and also different religions... Um, raised their voice for really for the first time for many, many years because they were hugely suppressed. Uh, for example, Baha'i people doesn't have the right to even go to university. Be this is a religious, Baha'i is a religious. Mm-hmm. Or as I said, so many Kurdish some are suppressed and also some other ethnicities. So many Baluch are dead. Oh my God, there's a massive killing of Baluch people and only and only because they... Um, they were upset about um, a rape and um, murder of one of their uh, beautiful women. Well, thank you very much for sharing your perspective. Thank no you. No problem. Thank you. Take care. That was my conversation with one of the protesters down at Kingston City Hall who was part of forming a human chain 
in support of the people of Iran. You're listening to Citizen K. I'm Kareem Mosna. I also spoke with another protester. This protester uh, wanted to be identified under her initials FM. She is a member of Queen's University's Iranian Student Association, and she also came to Canada from Iran, and she shares a bit of her story as well as some additional perspective here on Citizen K. What does this this human chain, what does it symbolize? Actually, I know, I don't know if you know about this the problems happening in my country. Actually, it started from uh, when the government killed one of the innocent girls, actually the morality police, the, they killed Massa or Gina Amini, mm-hmm. and then people started to come to a street for protesting, not all because of hijab, but all the problem that we had for in past four decades. And right now, it's we have a lot of program or events, and mm-hmm. these events is human chain, human chain, and this actually it want we want to show what is going on in our country, and we want the people people in Kingston know about that, and they start to supporting us, and or start to you know we want to push to put some pressure on the government of Canada to stop support our government. This is all we want, you know. We want. It's not that we don't want anything from them. We just want today stop supporting our government. Mm-hmm. It's terrorists, actually. Why they should support this kind of country? And you know, our regime is threatened for every country. It started in our country, but they are doing a lot of things in the other countries. And the, in addition. We have saw a lot of gut shotgun from states. If we are under sanction, how they are selling this product to our country? It seems there are a lot of are going on backstage. So we want to stop this. No, we want to see everything be clear. Now, did did you come to Canada from Iran? Yes. How how long how long ago was this? I have been here for five years, and it takes 24 hours to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day. It depends to the flight, actually. Now, when you were living in Iran, did you uh, see a- anything like what we're seeing now? No, it's really new. But actually, 10, 12 years ago, we had some kind of thing. And uh, actually, we protesting for the election results. At that time, we wanted to speak and talk with our government to improve some things but now everything is changed we don't want our regime anymore we want to change our regime but at that time we just want our president our the president that we actually chose so i i think this is new because it's all about our new generation and our new generation wants new things you know they know because they have media at that time we didn't have the media and but right now people can see in the other country they have freedom they have everything but in our country although we are rich but we don't have a lot of things our government uh, you know keep the money and there's resources for themselves, but our people start to become poorer and poorer, you know? Mm-hmm. This is our problem. Well, and of course, what we're seeing now sparked by uh, the death of 22-year-old Masha Amini, and uh, demonstrations are going on all over this country in many places in the world. Uh, what ultimately, and I know you mentioned about how you would like to see our government uh, stop any sort of support toward yes. that regime, but beyond that, what would you really like 
to see an ideal situation? Our ideal situation is that, you know, people are here, are really nice, and they actually support us. They, we don't want when people stop their life, you know, for us. We want just to see how, how they support us. Because, for example, something happened in other in world, Iranian people always support the other ones. For example, in Ukraine or Palestine or in, even in Afghanistan, a lot of things going on in Middle East or in Russia or every, everywhere. We all we always support people. We want some people support us. And then in higher level, we want to, you know, we, we can see a lot of our government's people comes to Canada very easily. We want to stop Canada to give them visa for coming here because we know that as a, as an, as a student here, when I wanted to apply for visa student, it takes for me five months, something like that. They check everything in my for my background. But if they want to check the, the our government background, how they can give visa to their kind of people? They are, you know, they are killer. We want to stop such, such a thing. You know, we want to stop Canada give visa to our, our government. Start. Uh, they want. We want to stop there to supporting people. And also the other strange thing that happened. I don't know if you are remembering. You remember the a plane crash three three years ago. Actually, two years ago, 176 innocent people were killed in plane crash. Then. We, I think about 76 people or 76 are Canadian. But the Canadian government didn't do anything up to one month ago. You know, they didn't put anyone under sanction just one month ago because we are protesting here and because we are put on pressure on the government. They start to put some people under their sanction. But it's really strange though. Why they... No, why they don't fight for their them their people? They were Canadian, even they are not Iranian. I'm I'm just looking around and seeing how um, people are, are are taking signs here, uh, free, and then a certain uh, individual. Can you tell me a little bit about um, some background in terms of what what is going on with this? Okay, this sign actually, we have two different type of signs here. One sign is from Twitter, you know, the Twitter, they, people start to uh, tweet something, they, why they want to, our government goes. So they said that because of that, four of that, so this kind of thing is said four of something. For example, for freedom, for the life, for human rights, for even for animals you know and the other signs we have some prisoner that killed in the prison or for the kill people who killed in the street in the last four, four decades actually this kind of sign we have and we have another sign that it said that please join us to human chain okay yes I see here for all the imprisonment of beautiful minds right Excellent. Well, uh, FM, thank you very much uh, for sharing this story today. Thank you. I really appreciate that you covered it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And finally, our member of parliament, Mark Gerritsen, was at the protest, and he also had some perspective to share.
MP Mark Gerritsen commenting on the situation in Iran. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. Well, I was certainly a witness to some of this coming together, seeing voice actors in and out of the studios. Really, it's an opportunity to re-experience radio's origins as the Shortwave Theatre Festival begins right here on CFRC. The first performance is tonight at 9, half past lunchtime. The next one, Listen Round the Fire, will air tomorrow night at 8. Then we have Psychological Dangers in Participatory Theatre, Thursday night at 8, Late Nights with Mark C., Saturday night at 8, and finally Garden of Edith this Sunday at noon. And just thinking out loud here, it would be cool to have perhaps one of the playwrights or even one of the voice actors come on Citizen K. I'm going to look into that perhaps for, for next week. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna. <laughs>